One, two, three. On the dark desert highway, cool wind in my hair, warm smell of colitas rising up through the air. Up ahead in the distance, I saw a shimmering light. My head grew heavy and my sight grew dim. I had to stop for the night. The mission stood in the doorway. I heard the mission bells. And I was thinking to myself, this could be heaven or this could be hell. Then she lit up a candle and she showed me the way. There were voices down the corridor. I thought I heard them say, Welcome to the Hotel California. Such a lovely place, such a lovely place, such a lovely place. Plenty of room at the Hotel California. Any time of year, any time of year, you can find it here. Nice. Wow. That's awesome. Nailed it. Wow. We're all really good singers. Yeah, hands up for the high notes. Nailed it. Um. Okay. So So that is you singing the songs on the radio. (laughs) (laughs) You really do do that. Yeah. Every song. All right, well, thank you. Welcome to the Baked Bean Podcast of Spokane. It's where you find the best baked beans in Spokane. Um, Kenzie, would you like to introduce the Baked Bean Podcast of Spokane? Uh, sure. So, um, we have a new person with us this week. Jake, you want to introduce yourself? I'll introduce ourselves. I am um, Jake. Uh, yeah. <laughs> How old are you? I'm 22. What do you do? I'm an electrical engineer. Uh, at a utility. At a utility in Spokane. Where did you graduate from? I graduated from WSU with a degree in electrical engineering. Nice. How long have you been doing it for? Uh, like just about six months. Thanks. Yeah. Okay. Um, want to go around this way or want to go around this way? Sure. Go around this way. Uh, I'm Vance. I'm 23. Graduated with my degree in communications and PR. I am a professional freeloader. Um, <laughs> Where do you work? <laughs> I work at iHeartMedia right now. As a lot of things. All right. Uh, Sam? Uh, I'm Sam. I'm 23 or uh, 22. How old am I? I'm 22. I'm not college educated. Never made it that far. Um, I do have a job though, so I'm not quite reloading. (laughs) I say to the uh, radio host. Um, Yeah, I work at a uh, marijuana delivery company. Wow. Yeah. Moving on up in the world. Doing the Lord's work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm Kenzie. I'm at Eastern. Going to be graduating this December with my BA in literary studies. <laughs> Don't know why I hesitated on that. That's why it's written, not verbal. <laughs> Public speaking, not her forty. Yeah. <laughs> she says it in front of four people. <laughs> <laughs> I almost didn't count myself as a person. <laughs> um, I'm Matt. I'm 22, going on 85. Um, I work for a baked bean company in Spokane. Uh, I'm all about baked beans. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing but baked beans. We're all talking about baked beans. <laughs> not, not into it. I have a golden retriever constantly trying to steal that secret recipe. <laughs> That's my golden retriever. You can see it right here. <laughs> um, uh, no, I'm 22. I'm graduating with my degree in baked beans. 
Uh, my degree in literary studies, also a graduate in Nepal. Um, I clean rental cars for a living, so that's a fucking life, I guess. That's <laughs> <laughs> a job. Yeah. Uh, we got a, I hosted last week, uh, I am passing the baton off to Kenzie this week. Uh, Kenzie, feel free to introduce what we are talking about today. Yeah, so um, today our focus is going to be on jobs, hence um, why most of us introduced what we do for a living. Um, but most specifically, finding a job out of high school versus finding a job out of college and what that kind of looks like and feels like. Um, we chose this topic, why well, I chose this topic this week because um, in our digital humanities class, which we're doing this podcast for, um, it's kind of branching out those of us that have English degrees into something different. Um, that's not just like writing essays and producing things that you would typically uh, get published in a scholarly journal. Um, because a lot of the times English students end up just getting shoved in like, oh, you're going to do teaching. That's what you're going to do. Have fun. Um, so that's kind of where this ties in with our class is how the digital humanities class is breaking us out from typical scholarship and from kind of the the goal would be to be able to utilize that outside of the uh, uh, outside school <laughs> and into a different workplace. So I'm going to start with some statistics real quick that Matt found for us off of factfinder.census.gov. Um, so from the 2017 census, um, people, what? Oh, census is every 10 years. I don't know why they call it a census. Do we do census anymore? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, this, these are uh, statistics from the year 2017, which are the latest. So. And they're from the government, so you know you can trust them. Yeah. Oh, totally. <laughs> he says that he gets straight into the camera. <laughs> you can trust them. <laughs> I believe on You hear that, Dick Cheney? You can trust them. <laughs> so, um, all of these are from Spokane because we're all from Spokane. Most of us born and raised, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All raised, of us, yeah. You weren't. You're the one that wasn't born here. Well, I was born in Lower Slavovia, but I moved uh, here pretty quickly. Is that Eastern Europe? <laughs> yeah. I was, I was technically born in Nebraska. Where were you? Yeah. My parents know. were on an Air Force base, but I moved here probably eight months after I was born. So I was, I was technically born about two blocks from where we're living. Whoa. Yeah. Did your dad drive like a madman? Oh, oh, the, the hospital. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you meant like he was racing to get like your mom somewhere and it's like, oh, the baby's out. Right there. Yeah. Here, this block is where he was born. Um, My bad. Okay, so it's statistics. Yeah, statistics. So um, people with a high school education or higher in Spokane consist of 87.3% of the population. Um, and then people that have a bachelor's or higher in Spokane is only 30.9%, which seems about fair considering you've got kids that are still in school too. Well, are they, they including that 30% the initial 85%? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because that would be technically higher than the yeah. high school. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, then that leaves about 50% for just high school. So, I kind of want to start by each of the two that have already graduated. Um, kind of going with like how your respective programs set you up for getting a job. 
<laughs> oh, I'm sorry. That was a joke. Go on. That's how we feel too. <laughs> For uh, getting you a job out of um, getting your bachelor's. So whether that be Shut like <laughs> whether that be like physically helping you find internships or giving you the resources or not helping you at all or even giving you a general idea of what you could do with your degree. Um, so yeah, I don't know which one you want to start, but maybe you can start. We're the person who's had the job probably the longest. Of me, yeah, so yeah, that's a joke. Um, I had no help finding any sort of career within communications and PR. Did you, I, uh, did you already see where you graduated from? Eastern, yeah, I graduated from Eastern with degree in communications and public relations, well, but with an emphasis on public relations. That's just making sure. And what year, uh, 2018. Um, no, so I, I will concede that you know, I, I had a professor in the last year that I was at. Um, Eastern that really kind of helped me realize like what you could do with PR and like how it could be actually a cool degree because at some point I just decided like my degree was just going to be a piece of paper that I was able to put on my resume. I wasn't really going to use it for whatever I was going to do um, but my, my final PR teacher she used to work at the the O Network which is Oprah's network and she was like she was Oprah's crisis PR manager so it's like anything that was coming down on Oprah she would get a call from Oprah and be like we need to get ahead of this. And then she would take care of it. And I was like, that's really cool. She got to do red carpet events with Oprah and make sure she looked great. Like it was, it was a cool job. Um, so I did get that, but as far as like how to get your foot in the door with that, where to go in Spokane with a degree like that, like you just, it, it was nothing. They were just like, you got your degree, <laughs> go figure it out. Yeah. And I was just like, okay. And uh, so, yeah, I'm not, I mean, I wouldn't even really consider what I do now using my degree. Make sure I use some writing stuff for my blogs and technically speaking, I'm communicating on a regular basis, but I don't think that that was something that was taught to me in my degree. It's kind of just you weren't like, taught how to be charming. You were just born. Charming. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was, I was born this great. Um, <laughs> yeah. So no, they didn't help at all. Did they, did you have to take, like, cause I know, oh, I guess I don't know. Cause I did my general requirements at NAU. So like we were required to take a public speaking class. Did you have any classes within your degree that you took that helped with that? Um, that would help with like your radio stuff. Yeah, like uh, um, I took some classes that were like uh, digital media and an information society, and it was kind of talking about like what people want out of their media these days. Um, and some of my public speaking classes, of course, helped me just kind of think on my feet and. Um, be a better public speaker but i think i think all, actually a lot of what did that for me was improv um, I, I i attribute mm -hmm. improv to a lot of my ability to, to talk and think on my feet because that's all that improv is yeah bullshit on the fly yes i am yeah exactly <laughs> what how long from when you graduated because you graduated june mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. how long from when you graduated so you found your um job at Iker? it's quite a while um, it was quite a lot. And part of that was because I was so lost with what I wanted to do. I mean, prior to that, I was managing um, a pot shop and uh, it paid really well. I thought that was going to be kind of a forever job for me. I was moving up pretty quickly in the company. I was doing a lot for them, writing user manuals and that kind of stuff. Um, and I quit that place and I was unemployed for almost eight months, just living off the savings that I built up from, from CNG. And, uh, and it, part of the reason it took me so long to find a job was because I just didn't know where to take my skills, where to take my degree, any of that. And finally, I was just like, well, I want to get an entertainment. So I just go to find the nearest 
job in Spokane that will get me at least a foot in the door in the entertainment industry. And so went into iHeart and even, you know, I had friends at iHeart, um, or not friends, but friends of friends at iHeart and um, all that. But even that didn't make me a shoe in I literally had to go in every three, four days and turn in another resume, get Angela, my boss, to come up to the front, shake her hand. Like I was just constantly bothering her. So when it came time to hire for promotions assistant, like they couldn't help but give me an interview. You know. Right. So uh, electrical engineering is a little different. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a STEM. It's a STEM program. So STEM just inherently is trying to get you prepared for uh, a job that's like needed in the real world. Like so, engineers are kind of lacking. <laughs> no, Jay, no, I love you so much for what you said. <laughs> no, I mean, but like, I'm just saying, like, for jobs that are like lacking people in those. So yeah. we, need, we have a deficit of engineers in the country, uh, positions in science stuff. That's not a shot. At, like. Other jobs exist that just aren't science. Like, yeah, Education is a lot more focused on liberal arts. Right. So it's and so it's like okay, we need to get, get and like I, I always when I was younger, they always were trying to like to like science guy, science is the way to get in. Um, so I I was pretty into STEM right right in high school. I started with the engineering program at West Valley when I was a freshman and just stuck with it because the teacher was cool for the most part. But then uh, I got to college and went, wow, probably should do this. And right off the bat. Um, after they try to weed you out because they, they don't want anyone to be an engineer and they want everyone to be an engineer, which is ridiculous. Uh, I mean, that, that makes sense. They're just trying because a lot of the times people think like a science job sounds uh, it sounds really like glamorous, like it's fun, like I'm in a lab coat doing this, and uh, people don't want to put the work in, so they really try to like get you out. Um, yeah, so that, but, so they really tried to prepare us. I mean, all of our classes are kind of, were geared towards, I mean, even the theory classes are geared towards, you're going to use this every day. Um, but I will say kind of similar to advanced, they, they don't really tell you like how to get internships and stuff though. They're just like, here are the skills. You kind of need to know how to do a resume and stuff on your own. And then you take classes, like the English classes are really helpful with that. So they teach you like, here's how you write an actual like decent resume that isn't trash. Um, and that, you know, I, I applied for a lot of internships uh, my junior year and didn't get any, which is heartbreaking. But just like, oh, I'm not good enough for anything. Jesus. But uh, <laughs> real world did you dirty. Jim. Real world did me dirty. Um, so I went into my senior year without any internships, which is kind of difficult when you're trying to at the end of. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> it's kind of difficult at the end of college to. Uh, be like, because most companies are expecting you to have at least a year of experience, and that counts as toward like his internship stuff. But I took a, you know, they they, teach, they have you do a senior design where you work with real companies to design like a product for them. So I worked with Avista, and I designed a generator control simulator for them. Um, and so that was really kind of like eye opening. Like, oh, this is what I'd be doing every day. I like this. And then I took a class my last semester, uh, last winter semester in 2019, uh, that was. It's called Protective Relay Labs, and that really is like here's how to work in a utility. Was probably what the class should be called. Um, I took another, and they had another class that's just like here's how to exist in the engineering world, and those really like helped me get like start applying for job stuff. And I got a job offer in March while I was still in school. 
uh, it's a utility I'm working at now. And uh, yeah, so that club, it was because of that class I was taking that was like, hey, here's how you work in a utility, because I knew the language, I knew basically all I needed to do, but I can't really, I did power track, so I can't really say for some of the other tracks like microprocessor design and uh, RF stuff, what classes they have that are geared towards that. Like, here's what you're going to be doing as someone who designs antennas. I, I have a question for yeah. you. When you were in that program, I guess, when you were first entering into the STEM program as a college student, <clears throat> excuse me, did you feel pressured to, like, go into electrical engineering, or was it just kind of a, I decided with engineering, or that's where the money is, or uh, I'm just curious about that, So I know there's a lot of engineering. Yeah, so. yeah, definitely. So I was kind of split when I was going into, like, essentially right when I went to sign up for classes my freshman year. Mm -hmm. I thought I was going to be a civil engineer or an electrical and I did I wanted to do electrical engineering because I did robotics in high school and yeah. I, just, I just wired shit all the time and I was like I'm like this is fun it's not what you do at all electrical engineering <laughs> you know kind you of surprised you don't build robots I don't build utility utility yeah. <laughs> um, I thought that's where they store the maximum yeah, exactly <laughs> Megatron he, he's pretty sweet how does it go convincing a Vista that they should get like a uh, BattleBot student get started like come on guys we, we could do it it would be fun <laughs> I don't I don't work for Vista I know, they, but they I figured that. they were your competitors, so you um, might want to, like, build we, some rivalry. We buy our power from Vista. I didn't know. But, yeah, so that's... So, the electric. Oh. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's him. So I, cho I just chose electrical engineering because I was like, I knew it. And civil... I'm glad I didn't. I took a couple civil classes because they make you take, like, classes outside your major. Yeah. And, uh, or for engineering major in general. I took statics, and it was the most boring class Sorry, in the world. Anyway. Yeah. All right. And so I took, I took, but like, and that was cool. I like that they did that though in the program. It's like, here's what else you might like. Okay. And I was like, I didn't like any of it. <laughs> I think I'm going to stick with it's just electrical engineering, the nerdiest of the engineering. So, so how much of your degree would you say it's on a day to day basis? <laughs> All of it. <laughs> so a lot of the math and stuff, like, that's just theory. I don't, you know, you know, usually computer programs do that. Yeah. So a lot of those torture classes were like, do this by hand from 19, you know, 1910. And I'm like, no, we, we don't have to do that anymore. There is some kind of basic theory stuff I have to use all the time. Feedback control, PID control, stuff like that. Um, some of these words. Yeah. <laughs> feedback, uh, yes. <laughs> um, feedback. I don't know what he's saying. <laughs> um, My feedback is I'm proud of you. Thanks, Jay. You're doing uh, a big thing. And then uh, I also do a lot of hardware design stuff. And that, like choosing hardware, that's kind of what we did a little bit in school. Um, but so I, I use, I want to say maybe 75% of my what I learned in school, just not the math. Like I don't do differential equations every day. My boss laughs at me and I'm like, oh, it's because of this equation. He's go, just shut up. Don't, don't, don't say those words to me anymore. Would you say as a as like an overall, it did a good job preparing you for the field? Yes, you were going absolutely. I, I'd say it kind of depends on the track, though. So like power engineers are kind of pretty necessary mm -hmm. uh, in the field. So it's uh, <laughs> that, that dog can snore real good. Uh, um, the <laughs> yeah, it is. I'm, I'm watching it. <laughs> um, yeah, it kind of depends on the track. Like for, for for power, if you want to go into like work at a utility. They have the classes for you to like be prepared. I don't know about the other ones as much, like the LSI and all that. So that's essentially like a foreign language to me. Um, you don't because you don't learn that stuff. Yeah. You just go. You, you don't need that. You you learn a basis of it, but 
uh, as long as it's pretty much as long as like you have these skills with these softwares, essentially, and you're like, hey, I know how to do DLSI. They just go most HR people just go, OK, check me. You, you meet qualifications and then the engineers just freaking tear your tear you apart. Ah, asshole first. It's great. Great. So you said that they didn't really help you with like skull or not scholarship, internships. But, like, internships. So Did they give you like any information so on like where to look or anything? Uh, no. So oh, thanks. Um, so no, not really. Kind of. Uh, so most of my professor, like, so when you're a junior, you're supposed to start looking for internships for electrical engineering. Uh, and I, professors just go, hey. You need to do this and you just go I, I that's cool um how and you just go you figure it out um i had a couple i had a professor that was really cool and he told us pretty early on like he said hey if you need help with this stuff come to me at like during my office hours um and i'll show you a good time no uh, and, uh <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll get you a job uh but they uh, gotta do a job for me first <laughs> uh but he he sat through when he sat with me and he said, okay, you have the nice, nicely presented like resume that you've learned through your English classes. Um, here's how I'm going to help you with your content on it. And he says, and he's, he just went, people are just looking like places are just looking for people. So just apply as much as possible. Uh, so that's, and that's, oh, that's what I did. I got a lot, a lot of interviews. Yeah. Uh, just none of them panned out because a lot of times with, and this kind of happened with my job is places are looking for interns so they can test you out like give you a test drive essentially so for like six months or so, so like that's what happened with me here's so they, they said we're going to be an intern for the first three months essentially or until or, or unless we decide not to hire you so i had a contract that was would end in august um and they told me probably like two weeks into the job that they're like we're going to keep you but just but you're going to have to f f fulfill your contract first and i was like okay that's cool, but most places are looking for that, which is sort of ridiculous um, to an extent because uh, people like they're like, oh, we want to test you out. But people out of college are looking for permanent jobs because, yeah. I mean, I'm a licensed engineer of the state. Mm -hmm. So it's, I was like, I'm like, I'd like this job. But when they, they told me in the interview process, we will bring you on after if we like you, we'll bring you on after that three month contract. And I was like, and it paid well. So I was like, OK, most internships pay not very well they pay in the i mean decent compared to like just jobs you'd have right out of high school but like it's it, i would say they pay in the like 15 dollar to maybe 18 dollar range which is which is great but right out of college kind of sucks when you have an yeah. engineering degree mine was a little different i made a little closer to 30. so i was as an intern, as wow. an intern. so i was, good so i was um so i was like yeah i'll take that i mean i'd rather than like with it, like I don't didn't have benefits and stuff, I didn't get time off, but it was like three months. That's not bad yeah. during the summer. During yeah. the summer, yeah. See, and I've I've seen the, the kind of opposite, especially in the entertainment industry. Um, as far as like, it's not so much an internship as it is like a part time position. Like they give you a really entry level position, and then you kind of have to claw your way up to deserving a, a full time position. And the the problem with that is that if you a don't have the natural ability to succeed in the entertainment industry, or you're just like not a personable person but you're good at your job they'll just never give you the full-time job I, I worked with a girl that recently quit and got a full-time job somewhere else as a as an executive assistant and she was at iheart for five years as a part-time employee 
um, part-time minimum wage. They never increased your wage. They never did any of that. Jesus. And uh, and my boss was like, yeah, that's pretty common. Like, unless unless you really jerk the right people off in this industry, like, you're mm-hmm. not going to get anywhere. They even bothered telling her, like, maybe this isn't your knack, like, that you're not going to go for no, it. She, she just did it for five years, hoping she'd move up. Mm-hmm. Why would they? I mean, like, it's, it's, it's cheap employment, and she was, by all definitions, good at her job. She just wasn't a pleasure to work with and isn't a personable kind of person and so they just never moved her up and they were just gonna keep abusing that as long as they they could yeah i came on and got more promotions in six months than she got in five years and that that's really hard to go to your coworker every day and she just looked at you like why and then of course it turned into a because you're a man thing and Mm -hmm. it it got rough because it's like how do you tell somebody like no people just don't like you like you're not you're not fun to work with and that's a big part of the entertainment industry is like you have to have that like niche of mm-hmm. being charismatic. A person, yeah, yeah, yeah. people person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. All right. Well, I do have a question for Sam. Even though you didn't uh, go to graduate from college, the failure of the group. Hey, you're not a failure. You've got job. You're supporting yourself. Yeah, marginally. <laughs> Probably make more than we do, honestly. Yeah, I guarantee you make more than I do right now. Fucking cleaning rental cars. <laughs> I get what I lack in money, I make up for in the discounts in my pocket. <laughs> it helps. Yeah. And that's what's important. You exactly. know what? I count that as monetary too. There's yeah. a little gray market out there right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a little green market out there. Right <laughs> too, bro. Uh, hi. So you went to high school at West Valley, right? Yep. Okay. And you graduated in 2015. Uh, yeah. yeah. Really I was really like, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, no, I just I did. <laughs> make sure. Child. No. <laughs> um, you all are kids. And then you spent a little bit of time at no one the likes Community College. Yep, <laughs> Spokane Falls. Yeah. So in terms of like jobs and supporting yourself and living on your own and all that fun jazz, how was your experience like in high school to the falls to now? Um, so... I will start this out by saying I was a little bit lucky just with the family I was born into. They would all, they were obviously weren't the kind of people that would just give you money and hand out, but we weren't, um, sorry, we weren't poor at all. So growing up somewhere in the middle class. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's nothing nothing to be ashamed. Middle to upper middle class. Yeah. Yeah. So growing up, it was always told to me, like, you should get a job. But it was never a necessity for me. So going through high school, I I guess you would say I did like your average summer jobs. I mowed lawns for people, things like that. Um, as I went through high school, um, I kind of didn't go the same track as a lot of other people. I was really, really set on joining the military out of high school. And so I, probably for my detriment, didn't pay much attention to our college prep classes. I screwed off through them and I skipped them most of the time and went to McDonald's like a, like a fun dude. I remember you and uh, Dylan having like a chicken McNugget eating contest. I won. <laughs> What's your favorite dipping sauce for McNugget? That's plain. Plain? Yeah. You don't know no, dipping? no, no dipping. I, I don't know what it's. I feel you, Sam. Yeah, there's something about it. It's just, it doesn't feel right. Um, yeah. Five cheeseburgers, uh, 20 McNuggets, uh, two large fries, two large Cokes. Champ, right here. Oh, like that was one sitting? Yeah, me and Dylan Mullaney just went head to head. To be fair, he did beat me about a week later, though, when he said, 
hey, let's chug a bottle of maple syrup together. Oh. And um, Dylan still holds the crown after that. He I still couldn't... doesn't like syrup, though. No, I don't either. <laughs> it, I, the smell of it makes me nauseous. Dylan's like, I've seen Super Troopers a hundred times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I remember him saying those exact words. It's like Super Troopers, bro. It wasn't. I remember so many of us skipped class to come to McDonald's for you guys. Yeah, I was going to say, there were, I think, like 20 people there. Because it was like all of Ashley's friends, you, Cameron, Pinkerton, Kratzer. Yeah, there's a bunch of people. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Um, but so I didn't, I screwed off through a lot of my high school and didn't pay attention to college. And unfortunately, when it came time for me to graduate, <laughs> no matter how many try times I applied for the military, shot me down every time. So I was in a really weird position where I didn't necessarily have a job to go to nor a college to go back on. So unwisely or wisely as it is, I decided to do both kind of at once. And I tried doing college and working at the same time. And while I was in college, I held a job at a concrete yard as well as a uh, burger joint. Um, the concrete yard, I was much, much worse at. Should hire an 18 year old to drive a forklift, bad idea. But um, as I went through my college years and working, I found that I could balance them all right. But my problem was I just, I had no interest in college. Outside of the very like niche subjects I was into, film and uh, film history, and I actually really liked the photography class there. But outside of those things, I just I couldn't bring myself to go to college. It was just too boring of an experience, and it felt too much like high school. No, why didn't you? Why didn't you continue pursuing those those paths, or why why didn't that become something that you wanted to pursue post college? I really did, and I. To a certain extent, I still do. One day, I really do hope to go back to college and at the very least finish out my AA because I think that would be the better thing for me to do. But um, it was just, I had so much love for my film and my history and my photography classes, but I just had such dread for my English and math classes. Yeah, I just couldn't work up the will to go do it. And I realized that if I didn't pass those classes at some point, I wouldn't be able to continue on and get a degree in what I wanted. Right. And for me, it just came down to a cost benefit analysis of I'm going to make more money and I'm going to be more satisfied and happy with myself if I go into the workforce than if I keep trying at this college thing and maybe eventually get through a degree, but then basically I have to start where I would have started a few years earlier. So do you think, and I'm sorry, this is kind of no, a yeah. small aside here. Do you think that um, it'd be beneficial if secondary education acted more like a trade school than it did like a like a, a high school that you pay for. I really do. Um, and I guess not to the counter of Jake's point where English classes really helped him and such and obviously math too. But I, I wonder if there's might be something in there where I, I knew going in, I wasn't going to be a film critic. Yeah. I wasn't going to be a director as much as I had interest in that um, field. But it would have been nice to, at the very least, get a degree so I could brag to you guys whenever we watch Braveheart that I know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. We already know you do, Sam. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, that was a subtle joke. No one laughed at it. Damn. <laughs> um, Repeat it. I didn't hear it. Uh, just something about how I wish I would have gotten that degree so whenever we watch movies together, like I can actually say with authority, no, this is what's going on. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's cockiness. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, but I really think that maybe for a major not as ambiguous as film, sorry, film students out there, but for something a little bit more concrete, there might be something to having a different way to go through college so that maybe if English or math or science isn't your forte, you can still get that degree, but not get that. But I also get how that gets into a dangerous realm yeah. of like, I'm only going to take the classes I want to take. Yeah, that's kind of like my grievance with like Geckers and general requirements is that like some of them you can tailor to things that you want. Like if you go into college right away knowing what you want your degree to be, you can kind of tailor some of your general requirements for that degree. But like in some cases, like you have to take an English class, you know, and like, yeah, in Jake's case, it was beneficial, but for some to an extent, you yeah, know. Yeah, the technical one was just, Yeah. Like, 101, everyone. 101 is not great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's... But, um, I, I think even some grad students in our classes would agree to that, the way yeah. they're taught and it's everything. Just, it just yeah. doesn't seem like there's a point. Yeah. It's just high school again. I, I, I was going to say, I wonder if there is something to, we're just going to teach you what you need to know to go on to what you want to do. Well, you could still teach math, English, you know, those, those important curriculum within that subject. And especially if you had a trade school setting, not only could you teach those skills of like, this is the math you're going to use in this field. This is the type of English you're going to use in this field. But then you could build in internships directly like they do in unions where, you know, as a as a as a, a student going through trade school, you're an apprentice. So you work in the days and you go to class at night and there is no better way to learn a craft than to be completely hands on with it. Because mm-hmm. you, I mean, you're you're getting lessons throughout the day, even when you're not being taught. You know. Yeah. So I I thought for a long time that like an alternative to secondary education, just like a quote unquote trade school for whatever whatever field you want to get into, I think would be a lot more beneficial for people. I agree. I was gonna say on a not college related note, but high school, um, I had a math teacher. I in my junior year of high school, I had to take remedial math. I had to take uh, geometry again, and I also took what was called lab math at the time, which was basically just a study hall hour for math. And normally that would have just been a wasted hour for me, but I had a teacher, um, Jason Remington, who really stepped up and he understood that I got things through the lens of history. So he would make math equations for me to do through the lens of history. Like he would make them miles or angles of like, if this guy's throwing his catapult this way, this is the angle that he would have to do. And just him taking that step to reach out to me on a subject that I knew, I'll say forever, that dude taught me math. Mm-hmm. Like, I was able to understand algebra and geometry through him putting it through a lens that I was able to understand. So I think there might be something to that. Mm-hmm. Well, like, and not to take away from your story, mm-hmm. and we'll go back to your progress totally. into getting jobs, but, like, I'm an English major. I don't typically use math very often. And if I do, it's very basic math, like addition, subtraction, maybe a little bit of multiplication, but I don't deal with fractions that much. Like when I cook, I do. Like, <laughs> you weren't doing the pro quick maths like I was last week on yeah. this podcast. Yeah, like I just, I don't, I don't use math that much. I use math at my job at a restaurant more than I do in my English degree. But then I was required to take math 107, you know, which is just like, I don't even know what type of math it was. It was discrete. It's discrete yeah, math. Yeah. Yeah. Which is discrete math is like introduction to like computing. Sure. So truth yeah. tables, if anyone knows what those are, probably not. It's okay. 
Um, so, so what they but, strung the people up on and yeah. beat them until they told the truth. <laughs> yeah. Oh, exactly. like the Inquisition. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's essentially like an introduction <clears throat> to logic, which, yeah. which like crazy math logic, which you don't need. No, and it's it was like it was easy, and I passed. I got an A. I got basically a hundred percent in the class, but like that wasted a whole class that I could have been using for my degree. Yeah. Whereas like. If it had been something like, here's how you do your taxes, or here's how, like, if that would have taken that requirement for my for my general requirements out, like doing the the taxes and you know how to tip properly and like yeah. that basic math stuff that I need in my personal life, that to me would have been more beneficial than here's how to do this great math, like just a, so that you can graduate, like like, like a life skills math class. Yeah. yeah, but there is, and the, and the, the big counter argument I get there is I got into a pretty heated debate with one of my college professors about that because <clears throat> I just felt like we got really stupid and I was fed up. Um, the, the debate there is that you're proving that you can problem solve. Those classes are teaching you problem solving. Which is fine, but like my English class is all just teaching you how to problem solve, you know, and that's the problem I have is that like, I mean, I took calculus in high school. I was in calculus BC. It was the hardest enough for us to take in high school. You know, I took the AP exam board and everything. I passed the AP exam board and everything. We started still like, no, it's not good enough to still pay math. And I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. You need to do a hundred level math class. Yeah. I'm like, I did freaking calculus for a whole year. So BC, or BC, that's like top two. Yeah. Yeah. Because AP is like top one and then BC, we just took it like a tiny step further in like high school part. So it's just like, I don't know. Geometry is the shapes. I know that. But it's just like, I had a really hard time. I took that math class as late as I possibly could. So I was like, it's taking that from all. Like, my I was going to get a minor in technical communications, and I ended up not doing it because I had to take my math class and it interfered with my schedule too much. Where I was like, I can't sit in another TCOM class and seminar and this other time graduate with an English degree because of math, you know? So it like sucked. <laughs> the only thing with like the realistic math class is it's like things like doing your taxes and stuff is like basic math. Like is what it all comes down to. It's like, but I wish I, I think maybe like when you're learning that more and more in high school, they can just go here's because you never really algebra to do taxes. Like so, I wish they just go, hey guys, like it sounds scary because it's a big official government document, or here's how you tip. It's just as like. Here's how to add and subtract. Here's like so. Here's what these yeah. numbers mean. Rather than like at college, I it kind of depends. Like if you take a finance class, yeah, that, that should count more towards your math then, because that's like that's realistic. Yeah, math. But like if there's like you're gonna take math 103 or whatever it's been school year, like you're like oh I have to learn algebra again, like. I get that's like the purpose of that class, and they can't really. And they can add story problems, but story problems always like kill people. Yeah. And I was gonna say I, I've always thought that that sort of math class should just be harder for civics. Yeah, no, oh, absolutely. It's like okay, here's how you tax, or here's how taxes work, here's how you tip, things like that. Here's how you balance the checkbook. Yeah, you're a long class. Yeah, because yeah. learning about how the government was is fun. You know, but then it it's really like, is, Jake. You should yeah. tell me more about it. No, I, I, I really enjoyed the civics class in college, but then, it, but not in college, in high school. And, uh, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, but I really wanted to be here. Can you shake all the beers for you, Bob? <laughs> no, I, I promise I didn't. Well, 
like with like having it in like civics, like I took AP out of high school. My government and civics was like my civics was required. Like I don't know, it's it's a lot weirder when you add in like the higher level classes and AP and stuff in high school. Um, I do think it should be taught high school rather than having to do it in college. But I think college a lot of times was like general harms are just like ground level. We're gonna make sure everyone has a good starting point to continue on with their degrees. And I think that's sort of your math. Yeah. Oh for sure. But because like if we wanted to do anything tax taxes, mortgage, tipping, anything really like that in high school, we would have had to take like the whole bank class. Like it was never yeah, it was never an option for me to take that because I did choir, I did photography, and I did AP classes. Doing too much. I mean, I wanted to die in high school. <laughs> I took home, like, I didn't learn any of that shit. Yeah. But I can sew about 90 more pants. I learned how to cook potatoes. Hell yeah. You didn't even want to wear eggs. Uh, <laughs> I learned, I actually, uh, I will give the teacher of high school this. I learned every way to cook an egg. I do not know the names of them. But if everyone was told you like crack an egg and have a pot of boiling water with sugar in it, and then you'd swirl it. I know how to make it. I need more. I cannot <laughs> wait for the day your kids go, Dad, can I have type 7 number eggs? And you're like, yes, you can. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Like, my, like, my high school, except for my, my pre-talk teacher taught us how to dip just at the end of the quarter because he's like, or the semester because he's like, yeah, it's probably good to know you guys are going to eat through your driving going out eating. But like, other than that, like, so you multiply. Is that pre calculus? I was about to say, I was like, is that pre calculus? No. He kind of took the end of our, like, after we had done all of the, like, pre calc stuff, he took the last, like, two weeks of school. We just go oh. off and teach us, like, real world stuff. And oh, okay. Right on. He extended that list to me. When I made that joke, by the way, I just mean, like, he can't teach a fifth grader, like, about taxes and shit. He can, they're not going to retain uh, it. I had the fucking one of the balance checkbook in fifth grade. Yes. I was screaming that about taxes plenty in fifth grade. By your teachers, your parents, parents. <laughs> I never, the teachers were taking it. I was a waiter, but I don't. I never had a balance checkbook. That was awesome. Oh, I never. I, I, I think, think no. I think my teacher liked me too. Mm-hmm. But, like, we had, like, uh, like, she made a currency for the class, and then we all had items we obtained and sold to each other. Well, so we had like a marketplace. I mean, we, we did like we get money in like this class and like pay for shit. So we like did like a colony. Like so, my three classes we each had like um our own teachers, but then they each taught their own subjects. We had a block system for fifth grade, but we did a whole like whenever we were learning about um the thirteen colonies or anything, we each were like split off into our own colony, and then we were given money and like. If you were chewing gum in the hallway, you had to pay five bucks. Like that type of shit. So like I mean, that helped me with like being able to like go to school for Doc Plan how to and we did like auctions at the end of each every That's couple fun. weeks where like they had a bunch of prizes and you could spend your money however you wanted. True. Can so I, that way you could like plan things. But yeah. Can I add a sidebar on this? Yeah, go ahead. My fifth grade had a very, very similar thing where like one day we all came into school and like I think they were in groups of five or six, but all the desks were split up in random ass groups and they were like this is your colony now except my teacher was dumb and they were like no 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 no." they're like there's a whole food system involved too but wait because it's natives and indians you can steal from each other Uh, yeah so guess whose group had all of the food by the end of the fucking week this guy's and everyone else was like 
we don't have food. We're going to die. And my teacher had to come to me and go, you need to sell the food back to them. And it was like, <laughs> yes, yes, this is what I've always wanted. And you can ask Sophia about that because she was in my group for that. And she knew how ruthless of a dictator one day I would be. Yeah. It was so great. We have, we have all known it. So. I told those fifth graders, like, so I'm leading this colony now. <laughs> I hope, like, you all are okay with that. And they were like, mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure, why not? Yeah, okay. Um, as long as we have food. Yeah. So I'm going to swing us back into Sandy. Sorry about that. No, but I, <laughs> we went on a whole big tangent. But if you want to swing back into, like, your job. Oh, yeah, yeah. SFCC and that type stuff. So, so uh, post-SFCC, um, after I had repeatedly failed at multiple jobs, I finally got a job at a moving company. And I was doing really good there. Um, I actually used a lot of skills that I learned from high school for my English class to get this job. And they weren't things like, here's how to write an essay or anything like that. It was more stuff that I had learned in like the really, really small debate portions of our class. It was things like basically how to say, Here, here's, here's my value. Here's my worth as a person, as an employee for you. And using those skills, I was able to get a job moving people. And then through that, I was then able to get a job uh, delivering marijuana to people. And, hey, you know, it's a, it's a profession. <laughs> I say defensively. Um, <laughs> I'm not, I, I laugh because it sounds ridiculous because it became legalized like four years yeah. ago. I, I, like, it's an actual job. It's needed. You're making you damn know. good money. Like, I laugh because to me, it's just a ludicrous sounding job. I'm a drug uh, mule. Yeah. Legally. Yeah. Well, legally. Like, on a, like, subtract, like, it's that one step until we get, like, Uber Eats for weed. <laughs> when they when they offered to give me the job, I asked, they were like, did you do any research? And I was like, oh, no, I just applied for a courier position. They're like, oh, we deliver pot. And I was like, are you Uber Eats? For pot? Because that would be fucking cool. I would love yeah. doing that. I had a friend tweet about it. She's like, so I'm home and I'm in my pajamas, but I need some weed. When are we going to get Uber Eats for weed? <laughs> Mitchie and I came up with Druber Eats. Dang. And it's just drugs 24-7. Whatever you need, we'll deliver it to your house. But then we figured, well, like, that's pretty easy to track. Like, so-and-so is buying $80 yeah. worth of Molly. So then it became this whole other system where we had code words that you had to use to buy the... Yeah. That's it's just... Right. Uh, I guess I mean Melissa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, then people, if you use like names, then people are probably like, is this actually like prostitution? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would have to be something like, I, I need pad thai with some extra sauce. Yeah, and, like, like, I yeah. need some mac and cheese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, I got some mac and cheese and the shit will blow your mind. <laughs> <laughs> this mac and cheese will melt your face off. <laughs> You'll be you'll be thinking of mac and cheese for sixteen hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so I I would say from what I learned through from what I learned through college, it was interesting, but ultimately not very relevant to my day to day life outside of annoying my friends and my significant other. Yeah. Um, past that, the is weirdest. Huh? I said, boy, did you annoy us. Oh, God. You know that anytime there was a good transition on a film, I went, ooh, ooh that was ah, a good transition, guys. Ah. There's a thematic element going on here, and you're all missing shit. I'm the only one who gets See where it switched from full frame to 16 by 9? Ooh. Sam's all licking his fingers. Like, <laughs> you and I cannot see more than 26 frames per second. Let me just tell you that straight up. 
Um, That's yeah. false. No, it's not. That's why all good films are shot in 28 oh, Goodness. And yeah, the frames per second just changed in between those two statements. But I know it's a certain amount of frames per second. Like 60. Yeah. 60 frames a second is when your eye stops recognizing it. It's, uh, I mean, lights are 60. Like oh. 60 hertz. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, so it's like it's like 30. But like, I can tell the difference between 60 and 120 FPS when I'm playing games. I might be just like the smoothness of it. Like, I don't I don't think that counts. When things, things feel blinking and when out. things feel blurry to me in games, that's when I know it's too fast. <laughs> like when I'm playing Battlefield and I'm running and it's like I can't see what the fuck is happening. But it's it like it's it wouldn't be blurry. It'd be completely it'd be like you're seeing through your own eyes. Yeah. I guess blurry's not the right word when it's like I don't know, you have that video game moment of like you pan and it's like I can focus on each thing individually. Well yeah, just just shut off motion blur. Um, yeah. <laughs> this is why I play Excel spreadsheets, guys. <laughs> They're easy on the eyes. <laughs> I have I have Minecraft running in Excel at home right now. It's it's so bad. I've been playing Solaris, which is an Excel spreadsheet, and Minecraft, and it's just like everything in my life reduces down to a square at some form or another to me now. Anyways, um, back to the topic. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, what do you, this is a question you can feel free not to answer, what do you feel like you can, do you have ambitions with this company you're with now to like move up a chain or help the business grow? Yeah, and I've, uh, I've told like, my, uh, my dad and my significant other, my biggest like people I relate to in my life, and I've told them both, it's like, obviously I, I try with the concrete yard and Wolfies and oh, the moving company. The moving yeah. company. Yeah. We heard so much about that. Yeah, it's like I, I tried. I would say I put in 85 to 90% effort. Yeah. It's like, you know, I'm not going to go above and beyond because this is just the job to me. But with this job, I, and I'm not saying this because my boss might be listening, but I really, <laughs> if you are, please <laughs> keep me on. Um, I really did try, like, and I really have tried with this job because it's like, I I like this industry. Obviously, like, I like smoking pot, whatever. But it's like I find the inter- industry very interesting. There's a lot more depth to it. I thought it was just gonna be stoners going around being like, "This shit's great," and there's a lot of science and a lot of effort and a lot of money riding yeah. on this shit. And it it feels good at times when it's like, I'm the reason that. Not only did a farm get paid, but the dispensary got paid, my company got paid, and then on top of that, some guy gets to go home with some really good bud. Yeah. It's like that that feels really good for me. And it's just it's a nice industry. This is the biggest thing to happen to our economy since the, the removal of pro, um probation or pro, prohibition. prohibition. Yeah. yeah. And like so it, it's nice for our generation, especially because we can get in the ground level of a really huge industry. A huge industry. I I like too that like I've met one crappy person in my entire time working there and the dude didn't work for any of the farms or dispensaries. He was a sketchy dude trying to break into my car. Past that, every person I've dealt with, the worst thing they've said to me is, I'm going to have to reject this because there's it's something wrong with it. And it's like, oh, okay, whatever. Are you trying to tell me the pot smoker is cool? Yeah, it's, it, you, would, you wouldn't believe <laughs> Blasphemy. it. You wouldn't believe Blasphemy. It, but most of them are just like, Hey man, it's good to see you. And they're nice no. people. And yeah. I've seen Reefer Madness, Sam. I know what it's about. I've seen people go crazy. Uh huh. Faster, faster, louder, louder. 
I will say that like some of the nicest people that I experience in a restaurant are the people that are stoned out of their minds. Mm-hmm. Stoned in prison. They get the nicest tips too because they do not remember. <laughs> yeah, they're like, "Does twenty bucks sound good?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like I have a queso. It's like eight dollars. <laughs> I have this these bills in my wallet here. <laughs> take, 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 take some. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't say tipping is always consistent, but definitely like in terms of just niceness in yeah. general, there are some nice people. It's because they're paranoid that you know they're high, so yeah. you're being extra nice. Or well, like, <laughs> I, I had a, a couple one time ask me if like they could move to a different table so that no one could smell them. Because they genuinely felt bad about the yeah. fact that they smell like weed. And so they were like, is there like a table in the corner that we could go, it was what I was supposed to do, that we could go to? And Stoners, I like, man. I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had a dude the other day at, um, uh, should I, uh, yeah, uh, yeah I was, it was at a dispensary. But this guy saw, he was in line for his product, saw me pushing a big ass cart of pot. Dude hopped out of line, ran over to the door, held it open, and I was like, thanks, man. I, I hope I can get you your spot back in line or something. And he just goes, nah, don't worry about it, dude. Pop man's got to come first. And I was just like, I don't know what that means, but okay, thank you. <laughs> they operate really on their own time. Yeah. Like stoner time. It's like, it's, there's 48 hours in a stoner day. They're, they're, just, <laughs> they're the most wholesome but misguided people that there are. <laughs> it's a weird dichotomy. It's like... Huh. Okay. Cool. It's a com- like it's a completely different culture, and I I couldn't get into it. Like I was stoned every day for like twelve hours a day for about a year and a half, and it 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 was a weird culture to be a part of. But goddamn, they're like in those fences and shit. Those are some of the nicest people I meet running desks. Like they're trying to they're not even trying to sell you shit because you already know you're gonna buy them soon enough. And even if you're not, you're learning about products. and hardworking. They're, they're yeah. super hard work. Those people doing, bust their ass. Yeah, they're doing so much more than running the front when you're up there. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah, you can speak from experience. That was the hardest okay. job I've worked yeah. to this day. I mean, I worked 55 hours a week and I busted ass. I was working. You know, you're not, like, I wouldn't even know when to smoke weed if I worked 55 hours a week. Right now. Yeah. Oh, I found time. <laughs> I found time. The only time I wasn't high was in a, when I was at work, ironically. Same. <laughs> Same. Yeah. Big facts. <laughs> Sam, your eyes look pretty clear right now. I definitely took a fatty dab before came out. <laughs> <home. laughs> Didn't drive though. Didn't drive. You got dropped off. Yeah. Um. But anyways, uh, <laughs> pretty sure I saw your car when I pulled up. But... <laughs> it's a Tesla. It yeah, drives I mean, itself. <laughs> I had a Nard. I paid extra for oh, your driver to drive my car. Was <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. Her her name was Kaylin. She's my girlfriend as well. That Uber driver. But uh, anyways, um, no, yeah, it's like, I definitely feel that because like there are times in this industry and I'm, I'm sorry, change this whole topic of this podcast. Um, there are definitely times in this industry. I feel like I've met people who have been too into it. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. Um, just like, it's just like alcohol. Yeah. Oh, it's like, that. I mean, so can we to some people in a hobby, like in it, yeah. really shouldn't be on unless you're growing it and stuff um like i don't know when it starts defining your lifestyle i start having problems with it but yeah it's a drug culture at that point but like there's people that are way too into rock climbing yeah Yeah. way too into photography yeah all sorts of shit if you have a hobby that turns into a borderline obsession hard and fast opinion 
you're corny and boring. Yeah. Like I like you need to have a lot of things that kind of culminate your personality. But if you just find one thing and you're like, this is me, like this is what I'm about. <laughs> I, unless you're making a shitload of money off it, then I can't. But even still, yeah. I mean, even still, like, we're, we're, we're tangenting a yeah, lot. No. But, but, like, even photographers that, like, that's their job and that's their hobby and that's what they do, they still have families and outside yeah. lives and they take their kids and they're part of the PTA and, yeah. like, all that kind of jazz. Like, I, I was going to say, the only, like, the only problem I've ever had with this job was there are a few people I've delivered to in the center of the state which is a little bit less economically inclined, um, that you can tell that is the event of their day. Mm-hmm. It's going to the shop and buying their eighth of weed. And it's like, I can't, obviously I can't tell you, no, this is bad because you're paying my paycheck. But maybe don't, no. I don't know. But it's like, it's like that. I, I would rather have them doing that than getting drunk every day. Yeah. Murdering their liver and everything. So. Yeah. yeah. And I get that. Um, I'm gonna steer us out of this conversation. Totally, that's totally fine. Um, just because we're at 50 minutes and my weekend is gonna die now. Um, <laughs> what? What? Um, so I'm gonna kind of steer towards Matt now, as you're still in school and have switched your major a couple times, and so you've got a couple different programs that you've experienced in terms of preparation. Um, so yeah. <laughs> Uh, I mean, is there any guiding question to this, or you just want me to start? Well, no. I mean, like you experienced, you did what? Um, what was your first? Uh, I'll start from education. I was so, born a poor black man. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. I mean, like, I got really I'm, into baked beans like twenty five years ago. <laughs> well, I mean, like, like in the same context that like Jake and Vance talked about with like their programs and how they set them Definitely. up for internships and stuff. But I, you've experienced three separate programs. Yeah. In terms of like what they do for their students. Well, my last two are, are kind of related to... So I started off... Um, my dad is an accountant, so I thought to myself, I can make money not being an accountant, but going into business. Mm-hmm. And so I started taking business-oriented classes on top of just actors and stuff. Mm-hmm. I never declared a business major, but um, I can't even remember the major I was planning on going into. But I, I started going Business through these. Econ, maybe? No, it urban was, uh, yeah, it was uh, urban design and development. Oh, okay. That's what it was. And now at Eastern, that's its own program, and it's doing extremely well. And deservingly so, I wanted to go into it for a time, but I don't know. There, there was a, for me personally, I, I never was bad at math. I took pre-calculus twice in high school, not because I was bad at it, but because Holy shit, did it bore the ever-living piss out of me. Um, so I took pre-cal my junior year, which is ahead of where my class was supposed to be, most of them. And then I took it again, and I passed it with like a B plus. And then I took it again my senior year, because I didn't want to do calculus. I just kind of wanted, like, my last year of high school. don't know what I want to do in college. I don't want to, like, exert myself too much when I kind of just want to have fun. Mm-hmm. Enjoy your last year of high school. Yeah, and I got a C minus out of it. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, yeah. So uh, it didn't matter in the long run because I already had gotten a B plus out of it. Uh, so yeah, um, days I showed up for that class were uh, uh, slim tickets. Yeah. So anyway, sounds like a senior year of high school. Yeah. yeah. So I wish. 
Yeah. You didn't set your senior up just to fuck off the entire time? I took 40 feet classes in Keith. Oh, wow. Oh, I took one shop right after lunch on purpose so I could get an hour and a half lunch. I, I did two and a half hours of culinary arts, then followed up with leadership. So the first four hours of my day were just me being stoned and cooking. <laughs> like that was. <laughs> I took criminal justice, the job where they expect you to like fuck off and disappear for half yeah. of the day. No, I took four AP classes, and it was two AP classes, lunch, two AP classes, and then I TA'd for my photography teacher, which I actually did decent work in my classes. I helped students with their photography, and then I TA'd for my director for all of my musicals and plays. And that I either napped, did homework for my AP classes, or I ran here that's a crazy schedule yeah. so going into college after doing worse and freak out the second time just because i didn't show up um i went in and took uh like basically what was calc one it's called finite calculus i don't i don't really know what the difference was other than you solve for answers rather than variables I was gonna say me, Jake, Sam. Jake, Jake, I don't need to giving, answer every math question. I was question. gonna say Jake was giving me a look like I know the difference. I just looked at him. I literally just looked over, and Sam just was like, "Jake knows." Yeah, Jake knows the difference. He'll tell us. <laughs> don't continue. Um, this kid's got like a rocky ear, but like a Rain Man brain. Uh, <laughs> Damn, touching a sore spot. Yeah. <laughs> Why well, am bullied so much? You got, you got that from wrestling. He's a black belt. Kick back. Fingers crossed the hockey will give him CTE and then we can all be on the same playing field. <laughs> okay, so um, second quarter, so winter quarter, my freshman year, I took calculus. And I was like, yeah, I, I mean, I got a decent grade out of it. I got like a 3.7, I think. I think it's like a high B. Um, That's an A. Yeah. Is it an A? 3.7 and I didn't get it. Yeah, I, I got like a high yeah. um three sevens uh um salutatorian. Oh yeah, anyway, I got a three seven two and I was I got a pretty high grade out of it. And then um I started taking business classes. Uh I mentioned last week I took microeconomics twice, failed it the first time. It eight AM class with a professor that liked to start off the lecture by talking thirty minutes about her home life and complaining about her goddamn husband who worked at Yokes out in, or not Yokes. Yeah, we have Yokes on Cheney, don't we? We have Safeway. We have Safeway, we have Harvest Foods. What's right next to the Ace Hardware? Doesn't matter. Anyway, he worked at a grocery store out in Cheney and she was like fucking, basically tell her, tell everyone that uh, she made the money of the family and like all that shit. It's like, dude, not only do I not need to know this, but I don't give a shit and this makes me think less of you as a person. Um, and so I, I just, first 30 minutes of an hour and a half class, I'd be like, all right, well, it's 8 a.m. I'm going to go back to sleep, I guess. Yeah. And so I failed it the first time around, took it the next quarter, got a 98% with a professor who actually gave a shit about the subject he was talking about in the lecture hall, um, taking notes and starting off. Uh, yeah, it, it was a, he was a great professor. I, I liked that part of the econ program but that kind of was a turnoff for me a little bit going going forward in the business and then i went into a statistics class for something and i was doing that online i just couldn't apply myself online so i was like yeah i don't know I, if i can't put in the effort to learn it on my own then i probably am not 
cut out to do this and if it's boring if i can do well at it but it's boring the shit out of me where i can't find the motivation to do this class online and i'm like i'm just not going to do it um so i went and i was like well okay so that didn't work out for me i was like i'm not going to go into business that i'm not really interested in it i don't know what i would do with it i don't feel like i am using enough creativity that I want to use in a workplace. I, I want to be able to have a little bit of myself and not be like, I don't know, it, it, no shame to it, but I don't really want to be like what's essentially a robot um, doing just writing shit with, with jobs going to be replaced in 10 years, you know. Um, so then I went into the education department and I started taking English classes and I did that for a bit. Like my English classes, I really like all my English professors, and then I took one or two, two or three uh, ed classes, and I met with my advisor and Dr. Beth is a great advisor, great professor. I took her, we took her for our capstone, great class. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I just took it at the wrong time. I de- I didn't really like that the education degree was going to add a year on to when I was planning on graduating. I uh, was getting sick of where I was at. I was getting sick of driving off campus every day. Um, well, I, I'm obviously frustrated with the, uh, I don't know, labor I'm doing now because it just, it feels temporary and there's nothing more excruciating than sitting through something you know is eventually going to end. Yeah. Um, that really isn't, yeah. It's propelling you in any direction. No, and, and like I show up and I, I, do, I do my job and I don't, I, the customer service part, I get really good feedback on, and the part I do, um, cleaning and shit, is extremely average, yeah. which is fine with me, because uh, I'm not going to put on my resume. Boy, he did great work cleaning cars. That made him a great employee. I, like, I clean cars good, boss. You know, we do good of cars. Yeah, and when I do, you know, 45 of them a day, and it keeps me, you know, it, it, I don't know. So, it... I, where I'm at now is that it, it feels like I'm in a waiting zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, it feels like you're in the lobby of the DMV of just like, okay, you're waiting to get your name called to get your, you know, your degree and your job. Um, so I don't know. So that that kind of, I was like a year extra, fine, whatever. I guess it's only a year. I started taking it and it was in the middle of the program changing over. And I remember going in and meeting with my advisor and she, she was like, well, you can do option A of what our old program is just because of the time you're joining this program. You can do option A of how our old program was run and here's how it's kind of laid out. She handed me a very well-organized schedule of like when you're going to take classes, when you're going to do all this shit. And then she handed me option B, which is what they were switching over to, which uh, split up the classes quarter by quarter. And so there'd be one quarter where all all you were doing was classes for education in English. And then the next quarter would be strictly student teaching. So you wouldn't have to drive out to Sheeney right after student teaching every day because they, they do student teaching with like Mead and stuff. Mm-hmm. So you wouldn't have to come all the way from Mead High School, you know, which takes 30 minutes, 45 minutes to get to the freeway. And then I'd have to go all the way there and then go all the way up to Sheeney, which is going to take you over an hour. Yeah. Which is so weird because I still hear students that are like, oh no, like I'm, I'm student teaching here and I'm still having to take classes that same quarter yeah I, I don't know that's that's how it was going to be laid out for me I'm sure I actually I think I tossed it in the move um but yeah I, I don't know I I liked 
the ed program up until the point where it was like, here is how um, standardized testing works. The, the intro to ed class was not learning how to teach kids at all or like any of this stuff. It's learning the politics of schools. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is cool, but no one goes into an education program to want to learn about the politics of schools. That's more of like an introduction to like a grad program, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Or maybe even like you're a- trying to get into administration. Yeah. Well, yeah. like the politics of schools depends on the school sometimes yeah. too. Yeah, you know? like, like my that's like my brother teaches for he went to he's taught student taught for me went to Eastern, got his degree there, and now he's teaching. So Mead, his class size was normal for here, which was like 30 students or so. Now his high school students, he, down where he's living now, it's like 12 maybe at the biggest. That's a completely different eco, like yeah. ecosystem. Oh, shit. Yeah. 12? Yeah. So his, uh, oh one, of his, one of his classes, I think it's going to be graduating year two, has three kids in it. Like, it's, it's a small town. Like it's a farming community. Your class size yeah. is the size of a typical classroom for Spokane <laughs> high schools. That's, That's insane. It, it didn't like you go through these English programs before you go through the ed program, and it's like it's teaching you how to critical think. So you're learning how to critical think and how to analyze all these texts and how to do all this stuff. And then it's you enter the ed department, and it's not uh, focused towards what you're what you specifically are going to be teaching. It's, here's just how the schooling system works. And I was like, so I'm not really going to be able to utilize what I want to utilize and have the like form of just even a little bit of creativity in my classroom. I'm going to be teaching a, you know, it's not so like a lesson plan that has been laid out for me, even though I have to design my own lesson plan as a like project. So I don't know. It was like, why, or like, what's the point of any of this? But if I'm not, if I create a lesson plan, but then I'm not going to be able to, Right, you can't implement that because they're focused on the the standardized testing. Yeah, you need to hit the main points. And even being able to like push the boundaries of a curriculum and of what the school or the district wants you to teach is hard to do. Like, you have to be tenured in. Like, you have to be able to like have no like. Okay, I have this job security because like I had a teacher in high school that throughout the whole curriculum we read one of the books that was required to read for our sophomore year. We did none of the writing assignments all of our writing assignments were like here's a like semi prompt that's pretty like open to like whether or not you want it to be creative or scholarly or whatnot like we did not read the shakespeare play we were supposed to we read a different shakespeare play than he wanted us to read like we did spelling tests and vocabulary tests and like we learned grammar which honestly was more beneficial than what the other sophomores were learning because like I know the difference between affect and effect, whereas like I can not say the same about any of the other. <laughs> one, of, <laughs> one of our professors doesn't know the difference. Yeah, like <laughs> so I, I like I can't say that about most of the students that also went to high school here that didn't have this teacher. Yeah. So like it was super beneficial, but he was only able to do that because he was tenured in. Like he had been at the school for years, and it got to the point where he was like the curriculum has changed so much that they're teaching so much about standardized testing that I am gonna say fuck it, and he did, and it was fine. And, he got some pushback from the school. Now he doesn't do as extensive things that are outside of curriculum. He thoughts are curriculum a little bit more, but sure. still, he's he's able to do it. You can't you can't do it. You you have to focus on standards. Well, because that's what do. the that's what the school's funding is based on yeah. is how well your students do on standardized oh, testing. And I can't and I can't blame them. I can't blame the school or the education department. Um, actually, um, I can't blame the schools for what to do that. 
because um, I don't know. Like that's how you get your funding. You mm-hmm. can't you can't fight that. No. You need to make money to live. Yep. Your teachers need to make money. Like goddamn, they're making minimum forty thousand dollars a year. That's pennies. Yeah, and well, like this day and age. And even when it comes to voting for, you know, extra budgets like to get new schools because he does new school director, which is where I was from, like. Your like citizens in your community are going to look at those types of things mm-hmm. too. It's not even like just getting your budget from the state and everything. It's getting your like levies outside, from, yeah, yeah, from like your community. Mm-hmm. And if your community says, "Well, you're not teaching our students. Our students are not learning anything. Our students have poor grades." Like they're not going to vote for those things yeah. to get you guys more funding for them to pay for that funding on top of it. You know, I don't know. It's wild. So money is everything. Yeah, I I don't. I don't know. I think I mostly quit because I don't like how public school, the schooling system in America is run. I can't agree with it. And there's teachers going into the programs now that want to incite change, and I hope many of them do. Um, But I, I, as much as I am like wanting to burn down the government and build a new one, Mm -hmm. uh, me and you have very different ideas (laughs) of how we would do it. Like, just a blanket, like, all of it, gone, and then we could build something new, right? Yeah. Right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> We're more alike than you think, Matt. <laughs> so, as, as I, I don't know, I this class we're taking right now, what we're filming this podcast for, right? I, I was the one who incited uh, the riot, I guess, of, like, the structured anarchy, what we're going to do, and I, I realized that halfway through class after my comments and I was like, oh, I started a revolution in this class. Like, fuck. And so, um, I don't know. I, I just, my whole life towards maybe trying to change the education education system, I don't know. It, it, it like, I, what, what would I even do? Where would I even start? Like, I'm getting my ed degree. I would go teach an English class. Where does that even start? Like, I would just get fired my first year by trying to tr- do something new. Yeah. So, I, you know, in terms of, like, what I asked Vance and, and Jake about, if you felt like the professors set you up to succeed in, in that program, yeah. do you think that, I mean, regardless of your feelings of standardized testing and how the, like, American school system is run, do you feel like the professors at Eastern set their students up to succeed in that field? Or did you feel like I you weren't? I feel that that is one of the only degrees at a university anywhere in education. Just because student teaching is, I, I mean, you pay for it, but it's essentially an internship. You get a feel for what the job is going to be like. And then um, you also know how to build your resume, what people are going to be looking for. You have connections at school suddenly because you're working in a school system. Um, student, yeah, student teaching. Uh, I don't know. That's that's the best part of the education system is getting you out in the field and jobs that you're going to be doing. Yeah, because I mean, mm-hmm. frankly, there's a few departments that give you that experience, and a lot of these jobs are like, we want a college degree from somebody who's 22 with six years of experience in this yeah. field. And like, well, <laughs> most uh, this isn't anything towards uh, the college's fault or anything, but most. Places now, there's a couple of grad students. So I'm doing a project with uh, in class that are just like, 
Yeah, I mean, I'm doing my master's right now in this grad class because you know you can't get an education job without having a master's because they're so like slim pickings mm-hmm. right now for the teaching jobs. Well, they hire in district a lot of the time yeah. too, which mm-hmm. is really hard. Spokane's really guilty of hiring in district. It's very clicky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely super clicky. So I don't know, but like in terms of um, setting you up for your career and your future and what's out there, well, you're going into education probably to teach. Mm-hmm. You kind of know what your job's going to be outside of college, and so they give you that experience. Yeah. Um, rather than a more broad degree like communications or English or even electrical engineering, it's kinda, it, it can be kind of broad. Because like, who knows if you're going to go work for a utility company or mm-hmm. go utilize it. Building, you know, uh, what, what's the battle robots TV show? Battlebots. Battlebots. It's still, yeah. yeah. So I still watch so, it. <laughs> it's still on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, actually, they rebooted they it after leave. like twelve years. Uh, I it's awesome. I got some catching up to do. That's great. Right. <laughs> so, uh, so now transitioning kind of into. Did like, you have something you want to say? Yeah. Me? So the same question to you. Do you feel that oh. your your department oh. has prepared you? Well, that's what I was gonna ask him about English, but I'll go into English. Um. Yes and no. Uh-huh. I I chose English because I was forced to pick a degree if I wanted to continue taking these mm-hmm. classes because it got to the point where I had enough credits to where my advisor was like, yo, you have to pick a, a degree. And I was like, I've only been here a quarter because I transferred and it bumped me up two quarters. And so suddenly I was a junior when I thought I was a sophomore. And I was like, uh, and he was like, all right. I can waive the hold for you for one quarter, but then after that, you've got to pick. You've got to decide if you're going to apply for the social work program or if you're going to go into something else entirely different. And guess when I'm not here? <laughs> at that moment. This is when the love story begins. <laughs> Matt was actually your advisor. <laughs> he's, just, he's just in a Yikes. tie with no pants on. Like, are you buying it? <laughs> so, I mean, I was put in a really hard position and I had taken... A couple, um, I have taken two English Lit classes and two TCOM classes at that point. And I kind of came down to the to the decision where I was like, you know, I really like TCOM. But, and like, I, you know, TCOM is wonderful because even after one class, I knew what I could do with that degree. I knew what I could go into. I knew how it was applicable. I knew where I could transfer it into doing something different. Like if I wanted to do TCOM, I could still go into social work and use TCOM in social work. You know, because social work was my original program that I had wanted to go into. But I, there was something about, you know, and I had one professor, um, one quarter in English that just like, I really bonded with what they were saying and how they taught their class and everything. And it kind of came down to, I enjoyed the lit more than I did the TCOM. And so I, I joined lit studies and I don't know, I didn't really feel in the classroom. I didn't feel like it was setting me up to go anywhere besides teaching. Yeah. You yeah. know, a lot of your first like, like, so, you know, who's all going into teaching? It was never like, who wants to go into this? Who wants to go to that? It's always teaching. You always got a question. So why are you going to be a teacher? In your classroom, in outside your classroom, you had like, you know, family members, friends, all that stuff. Sure. You know? Yeah. Teaching is like the thing associated with English. And even the professors at Eastern really feed into that. They're all like, oh, so, you know, we're in the classroom and you're looking at early American literature. Like, this is what you want to be thinking about, you know, or, you know, here's British literature and here's how you can apply it to your classroom. Like, it was never outside of education. 
And that, that makes sense for a college like Eastern, yeah. which is really heavily focused on its education right. department. Right. But I, I definitely didn't feel like I was set up for any other sure. any other career sure. option. Can I, can I uh, put in a little bit of my narrative after the education department? Yeah. Um, so after I was done with the English department, um, I dropped that and I officially declared as uh, just a literary studies major. Say just that, but it, like it's 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 so hard. Yeah. The program I'm in, um, the work is extensive, and I'm consistently taking hard professors because they push me to challenge myself rather than trying to slide through. You know. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think uh, I was listening a little bit when I was away, and <laughs> with your dick yeah. out. <laughs> I was taking a piss. <laughs> um. And so. I didn't even flush because I don't want to buy a cursor anyway. If it's yellow, let it mellow. You just left it for Kenzie? I'm not going to flush because we're right here. Three, two, one. Anyway, so no, I, the, I don't know. Um, I had a, I, I think she's talking about the same class we were in together. Um, we had a professor, I had a professor that really inspired me to go into this program rather than uh, go into education and continue that path that like doing literary studies could get me somewhere. Yeah. Um, like this like smartest man I've ever met, uh, I don't know. Smart dude. I really like him. Super charismatic, teaches his class really well. Teaches it hard but is still liked by everyone. I I don't know how how you do that. Yeah. Those be a good professor. Kids yeah, like to be challenged, challenged if they're being challenged in a in a positive, beneficial environment. Like where the professor is like, "You can do this. I'm just going to make you work for it." Yeah, yeah. And, and like there was a couple times where I I showed that first class where I showed up and I hadn't done the reading because I was doing stuff earlier classes and you know I I wanted yeah yeah three times myself and I was like fuck we're reading a whole goddamn novel and like three days yeah there's no way and so i showed up one day and i remember this and i think i'll always remember this is uh we were all sitting in groups talking about the reading and i was sitting there like rubbing my ear being like oh man i, I messed up big time and i was like i have nothing to contribute to this conversation and it was a two hundred level class and he called on me and he goes all right well you well, like, he asked me a question about pertaining to the book, and I read the introduction. <laughs> Which had nothing to do yeah, with Yeah, we weren't even supposed to. Come to find out, if I looked at the syllabus, we were supposed to skip the introduction and go right into the reading. And uh, he called on me and asked me a question about some point in the reading, and I was like, ah. And he's like, well, maybe you should have done the reading then. And, like, in like, a goofy kind of voice, yeah. but also kind of being a dick. And everyone kind of laughed at it. Oh, this might be the most embarrassing moment of my life, yeah. having like 30 equals of mine laughing and having a professor call me out that I was supposed to be reading. I had not like met before at all. Like I had not talked to yeah. him at all. And I'm sitting in the very front of the class because I was a nerd like that. And I was just like... You were a nerd, I, right? <laughs> I was like, oh shit, I am so embarrassed for this guy. Like I have no idea who he is or anything about him, but like, fuck, you didn't read it. You didn't even read it. A summary? Like, come on. 
Yeah, I, I wrote. Wow, you almost didn't get the girl, man. <laughs> Listen, we had poetry together <laughs> the same corner. Yeah, but you embarrassed yourself in front of the fucking nerd. Dude, I like, <laughs> yeah, I remember. Yeah, but the fucking nerd you fell in love with. <laughs> Listen, you think I changed my habits? That's on nerd. You're still <laughs> embarrassing yourself in front of the nerd. <laughs> yeah. I say nerd love. <laughs> I, I saw it the only reason I don't sit in front of the class anymore is. <laughs> <laughs> this is a bad influence. No, the only reason we don't sit in front of the class anymore is because the classes we take, we sit in squares no, and talk to each other. And that's a bad boy. Yeah. <laughs> He's in the back in a leather jacket smoking a cigarette. <laughs> Actually, that was the wrong thing. I was in a leather jacket some days. His name is Snake, <laughs> not Matt. <laughs> don't take offense to the nerd thing. I did graduate high school. She remembers it down to the second that's wow. Yeah. It's that's only, it's that's only, real nerd. It's only because I got one A minus two and it was because of the But anyway, I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it was the mask to me that I was in that day in class. I was like, fuck, I really gotta just, you know. I remember you taking that class. Yeah, yeah. I I gotta I gotta push myself into this because like I enjoyed every part of that class. Mm-hmm. And even the moment I got called out, I'm like, I fucking hate this guy. Like yeah. from this moment on, I hate this guy. We come to know, I you know come take all of his classes and come, like try to talk to him as much as I can. Like a weirdo, um, <laughs> like a fucking nerd. I see why you two fell in love. Yeah, yeah. You're perfect for each other. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Um, I'll buy you matching pen protectors. So, I don't know, but like, I, there was, it, it was, it started off with taking that professor, and then, like, I had, I actually can't say her name, what we call her, so that, that might actually be offensive. Yeah, uh, it's a little offensive. It, uh, there's no derogatory names. Um, it's just very, like, showy. I'll, I'll, I'll cut this out. So <laughs> back to the podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um I don't know. I, I've kinda of talked about I I don't know what I'm gonna do with with the literary studies, I don't feel like I've been prepared for what I'm supposed to be looking for job market wise. But I'm also in Spokane and I've been looking at jobs for months now. And it's like any job I can find that requires a bachelor's degree is go into sales. Yeah. So yeah. I, I like go work front desk selling, you know, kitchen appliances or it's weird like, about for me it's it's rental cars is what I'm being pushed towards at my job. What's weird about Spokane is that we are a, a test commerce market. There's a lot of a lot of commerce here, a lot of sales. And so it seems like everybody's just working retail jobs to go shop at other retail yeah, locations. No, it's a like retail <laughs> some other form of sales where it's like Cutco or it's all service industry stuff yeah Yeah. car salesmen i was gonna say i know the only two is or like employment outside of that are the medical field in spokane's fairly large and then where you get a lot of people Portland, yeah, yeah. Spokane for the medical stuff, and then Fairchild, 
Fairchild mm-hmm. employs like I think like five or six thousand people, yeah. but Fairchild's huge. Yeah. So. Do you know what the the primary um, the the most employees in my building at iHeartMedia are? Hmm. They're salespeople. Yeah. They're really? adver- they're advertising yeah. salespeople. Yeah. We have a lot more advertising salespeople than we do DJs, programmers, any of that stuff. Interesting. You know when you search yeah. on like LinkedIn, LinkedIn or Indeed or that, that's any shit yeah. like that, it's all sales. Yeah. It's sales or it's uh, receptionists. Yep. I don't know. I, and like looking for that kind of stuff kind of feels like it's pushing me, <coughs> pushing me out of town with every I'm getting. Which is fine. No. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, as, as a person who has decided my life will begin and end in this town more or less, um, I don't think there's anything wrong with moving away from here, no. especially for better, for greener pastures. As racist and like bigot, God's as, country, Washington. Yeah, folks. as close to North Idaho as the eastern part of Washington can be. Like I was born and raised here. I've lived here for 22 years. I was born two blocks from where I'm living right now. Like goddamn. Is there any more small boy talk than that? Small town boy that talk than that? No, I don't know. So, I like I, I like this town, and I like how I can get anywhere. And if I leave, if I leave the store in thirty minutes, I can get anywhere in town in thirty minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, hell, you could be at your seating in thirty minutes if you really wanted to. Yeah. At probably, this time of night, you probably could. Oh yeah. I, I've. Oh shit! I, I went and picked you up at. Sashin and I, I left at like one in the morning because you're having a longer reaction. I made it up there in 45 minutes or yeah. less. Yeah, that's typically like an hour and a half drive yeah. during daytime. Yeah, with traffic and stuff mm-hmm. and me not going 95 miles an hour. But, and see, like, that's not incrimination. Is it? No, no, no. That's they, there's no proof of it. You just said right it. Thing. It's like a comedian it's saying a, on, on stage that he snorts coke. He won't get arrested for that because there's no way to prove that yeah. he actually snorts coke. Yeah. yeah. But I, I don't know. I, I like this town. It like it has slowly grown to feel like home. So Well like like what you were saying is like you, you didn't feel like you don't feel like the program's setting you up for anything. No. Like it's just teaching you these skills and it's just like here, have fun, you graduated, congrats, you yeah. know, kinda of like the same experience you had. Yep. And like I'm in the same boat. I had no idea. The only reason I even have a somewhat idea of what I'd like to go into is because I took a TCOM class, they introduced me to the career center, and I met with the career advisor for the Cal program. And she was like, you know, like, you know, take this this quiz type thing of a SOCAN meeting, whatever, which that was Matt, the least helpful thing okay, so I ever applied myself. It took me three months to do it, and I did it for 45 minutes. And I looked at it and I was like, oh, I could use those 45 minutes more productively. Thank you. So like Matt did like it all, but I really enjoyed it as someone who like had so many ideas of what I wanted to do, taking that kind of narrowed them for me. And even though it's pretty like universal across the board, but we got different answers for ours, it still gave me a kind of direction of like, that's something I've considered, but I didn't think I'd be good at. But this is telling me that like, this could be a possibility yeah. for you. And so it wasn't until I even met with her and that's, completely outside of the program, the yeah. like lit studies program that I was like, oh, like I want to go into publishing and that sounds super interesting to me and editing sounds super interesting to me. And this like computer app like told me that that would also probably be a decent fit for me too, you know? Um, but even then, like looking at what Spokane has to offer, 
I can't find an internship. Yeah, and they're not gonna they're not gonna help you either. They hand yeah. you your degree and they go, Don't let the door hit you on the way out. Yeah. yeah. I literally walked out of my my graduating ceremony after I got my degree and never looked back and I haven't heard from a single person from yeah. my graduating besides class. Going yeah, besides the the alumni email that I get <laughs> once a month that's like, Hi! See, you love this college? Donate twenty grand. Yeah, it's like, right. Well, like I, I don't feel that the lit studies program set me up for it, but I feel like if I had gone into creative writing, I would have been a little bit more prepared because they do have a publishing company, Willow Springs, Willow Spring Book Publishing or whatever it's called. It's Willow Springs something. Yeah, I'm about to. Um, but they have like Willow Springs, you know, and that's affiliated with the creative writing. But, like, I didn't know about that affiliation and that I could do an internship with them for credit until right before this COVID started, basically. And so I'm like, well, I'm kind of screwed. Like, I'm not in the creative writing program. I don't have those connections. I'm in lit studies, but that's what I want to do. And that's the only publishing house in Japan, really, you know? And so it's just like, even in the English program, I think that even more so than some, it really sets you up to go into teaching. Like that's what they expect everyone to do. And I, I, I like that right now I'm being pushed out of my comfort zone from that a little bit, you know, and trying to think outside of where English can take you. But I still like I don't feel prepared to go out once I graduate. I feel pretty like, all right, well, I'm going to graduate and I can write a damn good paper, but what am I going to do with it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think ultimately all of us, even though we have very different stories and very different kind of experiences with our degree, I think ultimately it comes down to the, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Yeah. The only yeah. reason I got my job is because I had ends. The only reason you guys got into your, your fields is because people talk to you. You know, it's it's all about who you know. The only reason why I have my minimum wage job is because I knew people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, like, I'm... Really good friends with the owner of my job, yep. and that's the only reason why I had the connections with the managers that I did to get my job because I was unemployed for a while and couldn't find jack shit. Jake has a diff- different story, but you also grew your way through it too. Yeah, no, for sure. I but I it was one of those things. I will say, I technically, kind of did have an end because we are in, we live in the service district. Like I grew up in the service territory, so I was like, yeah, I know this place already. So they were like, they were like, cool. We don't have to like show you how to use a fucking map. Yeah, t- teach you the streets. Yeah, so that was that was. You knew where all the like schools yeah. or like the, yeah. the prime location and everything. Sam on the other hand yeah. has known no one for his last two jobs and has gotten them, which is I yeah. I think that says a lot for what higher <laughs> education jobs will get you versus what work trade jobs will get or I, jobs will get you. I was willing to, and I hope this will not be a fireable offense, but. I was willing to perhaps fudge certain things, Mm. such as how long, how much driving experience do you have? Well, I'm 22 years old, so I'd say seven years. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, through things like that, they were saying things like, hey, you should drive trucks. And it was like, okay, cool. Why not? I've, I've driven. So For seven whole years. Yeah, seven years. I've been operating a Corolla, large, <laughs> large, heavy industry equipment. You got your Class C license, your Corolla I, license. I had to get certified, believe it or not, <laughs> by the state of Washington. You actually have to get a CDL for this job, or no? Um, my last job, I could have if I wanted to, if I wanted to drive the big trucks. But um, at my current job, I think our largest truck is a ten thousand pound. Oh, okay. And I think you need 25 for a CDL. 16. 
16. Yeah, because there were a few times two men in the truck. There were a few times two men in the truck. Shouldn't have been driving that truck. But, uh, hey, you know, people shit ways a lot. Well, and I'd say, like, overall, like, especially those of us with, like, college, like, you have a different story because you just kind of, like, Weezed your way into whatever you did. Yeah, like I found you didn't say weezed. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would have fully agreed. I mean, like, I mean, you know, like you just said, you know, you you fit a couple things. Yeah. To get you know where you are now, which he's is... proficient in Spanish. It was two See? years in high school. <laughs> but like, Boy, yeah. a lot of us, like, we wouldn't like. I mean, I went to Fever Found Publishing without a teacher pushing me to use the career services. You had your one professor that really pushed you to like realizing what you can do with PR. Mm-hmm. Like you had the one that kind of helped you with your intern resume building type thing, you know. Like, and you've had a professor that's kind of <laughs> at least steered you towards a degree. And yeah. got you a girlfriend. Yeah. And got you a girlfriend. Uh, that was the other one that we cut out. Of. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I what, like you. our our, our <laughs> for at least those of us in college, it's not the program that teaches you how to get into the real world. You know, it's kind of like specific teachers help you, which I think shows a problem commonality through programs and schools even because like you yeah. went to WSU yeah. you didn't even go to Eastern and you still yeah. had no fucking idea how to get into internships or whatever it was yeah they just they just they just said you should apply and I was like but to where and they went <laughs> everywhere and they're just like I don't know just throw that shit up on the internet you should, like, you should. yeah yeah but like it really comes down to those like individual professors which I think is almost sad like props to those professors that really push their students and really help them to try and find what they like. That take their job seriously yeah. rather than But like that is a crazy. huge failure on programs as a whole because my experience with a certain professor may not ever occur for a student in the same program. Especially if they don't show the same initiative. Yeah. Like the reason that our professors gave us those those opportunities or kind of pushed us in that direction is because we showed the initiative to show up to their office hours or put more effort in class. If you're just not one of those students, you're just there to get your degree, like none of the professors are going to go above and beyond to be like, yeah. hey, let's well, do even, this together. Even on that, like I, my first year, because of the way my job that I previously had scheduled me, I wasn't able to be one. I wasn't able to show that initiative, yep. you know? And, like, that's a, that's the same for a lot of students and a lot of computer students, too, especially for Eastern, is that, like, they don't get the chance to be like, oh, I, I can do office hours on this day, or, like, I can come out to campus on a day that I don't have class because I live out here. Right. Whereas, like, today even, I was supposed to go out and meet with a professor, and my car broke down. And I was like, well, I guess I'm not doing that. Whereas, like, if I had limited genie, I could at least walk, you know, and yeah. still made it semi on time, you know. Yeah. But it, it does come down to, like, what students are willing to do for themselves, but also, like, what they're able to do because of their outside-of-school circumstances. Yeah. Which, like, you should still want your program to reach those students that have to work yeah. 40 hours a week on top of doing school. Because school's expensive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. School's yeah. expensive. Living on your own is expensive, especially when you don't have any fucking yeah. You have to somehow be able to afford to live in one of those apartments or to be able to commute from Spokane or yeah. live in Spokane. Have your you know? parents pay for your apartment. <laughs> <laughs> I buy a BMW, put you up in an apartment. I bought my own BMW now. I was like, I was like <laughs> the new one. Which one, Jake? <laughs> the new one, as I say, new, but from like 2004. It's a little older. <laughs> Is it older than your current car? Yeah. 
It's a nice let's car. It was, it was, it's, it's, it's nice. 17 years. I was just curious. Um, <laughs> anyway, let's, before we get into this douchebag room, let's, uh... I know. Um, I don't try to be, but it just happens. Thank everyone for being here. Yeah, I mean, like, thanks y'all for your stories and uh, their experiences. Jake lives here, so he kind of has to be yeah. here. Uh, Vance and Sam, thank you for taking free time out of your night. It's almost 11 p.m. Oh, yeah. Uh, for being here. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, I know both of you probably got work tomorrow. So. Sure no. do. 8 a.m. No, no I, I'm on suspension, buddy. Oh, are you? Until Monday. Yeah. Because well, of the car directly. Yeah. Uh, Dan. You got work at tomorrow at 8. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Monday through Friday. Jake's early morning tomorrow. 8 too. to 7.30. Monday through Friday. I'm taking a little vacation. Ooh. Actually, you know what's nice? I will. I do shit on my job a little bit. I do say nice things about it just as much. Probably a little bit less. But they give me vacation time as part-time. Which is nice. It's yeah. super nice. I, I appreciate that. So tomorrow I'm taking a little bit of vacation time. Kenzie and I are going on a little date all day. So <laughs> Just a tiny date all day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she, she has Friday off and I was like, fuck, I got two days of vacation time I've built up over the last like eight months. So I'm using one of those days getting paid to go up to Green Bluff and go see a play. Yeah. And well, the play is for school. So like, is it real? Yeah, you said the not point. I was gonna say it was like he he expected us to be like, "Yo, do you want to do something?" And he was like, "All day." Before you even get an idea out of your mouth, all day. I don't think I invite you guys anything. Okay, you're over here right now. No, no, no. It's like the idea that we might be like, "Yo, you want to go grab what?" You're like, "All day, all day." It's all day. Too too bad. Um, I have a girlfriend now. I don't have time to hang out with my bros. But yeah, we really appreciate y'all chatting with us and uh, sharing your. A career, school, job, lives, and uh, I appreciate uh, anyone who's made it through the whole baked bean podcast. This yeah. podcast has been about baked beans. Where to find the best baked beans in Spokane? Uh, I, my name is uh, Baked Bean Matt, and you can find me at uh, at Baked Bean Matt Spokane uh, on Twitter, Instagram, and at Facebook. Um, I, I appreciate it, and uh, I expect you to go change all of your accounts now to that. <laughs> it better happen. I was yeah. gonna say, so we're cutting everything in between the mentions of baked beans, right? It's gonna be about a four I think I podcast. mentioned baked beans at like forty at the beginning, forty eight minutes in, and then just now. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yes, I appreciate everyone showing up. Um, I appreciate us uh, having a discussion that is productive. I think we should say I appreciate us. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I appreciate I me and Kenzie for these mics. I didn't pay for the $1,200 camera that is uh, with the lens sitting right there. I did pay for the $1,000 This was film. We talked about marijuana. I, I work for a utility that drug tests. I can't be a part of this. That if even here you say, you know, if you talk about weed, you fail drug test. What if you say, I don't like it? It's bad. Kids, just just don't so you do weed. These guys are all heathens. I I have watched Jake get so hung, <laughs> so high. He's been sick. Oh, God, dude, <laughs> off of alcohol. Yes, alcohol. Alcohol is Anyway, so I think I think uh, next week Sam is hosting. Um, he is going to have, I think it's going to be very different from what we've talked about <laughs> the last two weeks. Yes. Which I'm fine with. Yeah. Uh, yes. So next week, we will be having a departure of sorts. I have been given reins for a podcast, and 
by God, I'm going to take them. Thanks, Marcus. Happy Halloween. Oh, happy Halloween. <laughs> so uh, whether it has to do with what we're doing for class or not, I am to find out also. I'm sure I will find out about two minutes before I start recording. <laughs> uh, oh, the panic that's going to run across your face. Yeah. Like, how do, how do we adapt this to fit our class? Just turn those mics off. Listen, I, I'm filming... I take it as I'm filming a podcast, as long as it's somewhat that someone can learn something from, I hope a little bit, then I, I count it as a as a plus. Yeah. There will anything be, about everything. Yeah. Don't 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 even kid yourself. There will be a lot learned next week. I really hope that I'm eyes, gonna be learning some like true horror. Oh, you'll be learning quite a bit. Eyes will be open. Ha- Halloween podcast coming to you <laughs> next week. I appreciate everyone listening. Um I appreciate all everyone being here. Uh, you three kind of have to be on my terms, but you two, Vance and Sam, uh, appreciate you showing up. Yeah, yeah no problem. Uh, appreciate taking the free time out of your day to be here and um, bullshit with me in front of some microphones. And if you're watching this on YouTube in front of the camera, um, yeah, uh, thank you. Uh, signing off. More us. Uh, coming your way right before I say goodbye and cut this officially. Thank you. Bye. iTunes uh, five stars, please. <laughs> uh, we're on Spotify. We're not Ooh. on iTunes. Ooh. Sorry. Anchor FM, Spotify, yeah, and YouTube. Jeremiah please Johnson. give us a like, a follow, uh, comment, subscribe. Hit, hit that MF subscribe button. <laughs> yeah.